Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad, Rhino, down there in Studio X. He'll play the tunes and he'll push the right buttons and we'll keep this, sh- this ship on the, uh, on the water uh, for the next hour. Appreciate you guys joining me. Missed you guys last week. I had 10 days off in a row, Rhino. That's the most I've ever been off in my life wow. from, from, from work. I, I, I scheduled it perfectly. I had the two... Uh, I had the weekend, you know, it was all Saturday, Sunday, all of Christmas week, then Saturday, you know, then it's the Saturday, Sunday, New Year's Eve, and then New Year's Day, we were off, and then I'm back on that. I got 10 days in a row. And coming back to work wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be dragging you-know-what, and, and I wasn't. I, I just came back to work like it was nothing to it. So I'm not saying I'm a hero or that I deserve special recognition. I'm just telling you my story. Ah, uh, so there you go. Glad you're back with me here. If you want to get in touch, the number is 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire uh, text line. And we got plenty to talk about here on a Wednesday evening. Hit it up, Rhino. Well, what we thought was going to happen has indeed happened. Stonka Burnside, Starkville wide receiver, four-star prospect uh, on every recruiting service, is a Mississippi State Bulldog. Uh, Some of the things we talked about in the past did indeed come to pass, is that Stonka uh, signed his letter of intent early on, and Mississippi State did a good job, or as good a job, I guess, as can be expected of, of kind of holding down that news and letting him have his moment there at the Under Armour All-American game and make his announcement public. Uh, and so with that, Mississippi State adds another four-star uh, wide receiver, another four-star player uh, to their 2024 class. And when you look at this receiver group, we had Chad Bumpus on this show a few weeks ago. He couldn't talk about Stonk at that time because he wasn't, uh, you know, publicly uh, a signee at that point, but three four-star guys in um, in 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 Stonka and JJ Harrell and in Mario Craver, Craver having a big day today at the Under Armour game uh, as well. A couple of three-star guys: San Frisco McGee, who was one of the leading receivers in this state; Ricky Johnson, who he flipped away from Stanford, and then you know on the transfer portal front. To bring in the UTEP receiver Kelly Akari, who was a thousand yard receiver, averaged twenty one yards per catch a season ago. I mean, you see why Jeff Levy wanted to keep Bumpus on the staff. 
the, the the connections that he made with this group, and and you know, you look ahead to next year with Caleb Cunningham, the five star receiver out of uh, I guess a Choctaw County. And feels like Mississippi State's he's a, he's an early lean, long way to go in that process, obviously. But Bumpus did a great job of bringing in some talent, and, and it doesn't look like he's done yet. If you look at the the, the transfer portal, uh, he's got a, a big time prospect on campus right now, Kevin Coleman, a, a receiver from Louisville. Previously, if you're from Mississippi, that name might be familiar to you. He was at Jackson State, came in under Dion. Um, he's on campus as we speak, so. State had to upgrade the talent in that wide receiver room. You know, you lose Tulu Griffin, you lose Xavier Thomas. They're freshmen. You know, you got some freshmen in there, but these are as talented a group of freshmen that as you've as you've seen. And you look at Stonka and JJ, both of those guys have the opportunity are going to have the opportunity to play early uh, for Mississippi State. The state State's going to you know I don't think they're going to ro- rotate receivers the same way they did under Mike Leach. I don't know that you'll have nine, ten guys out there, but if they have seven, I expect Harrell. And Burnside to be among them, and then Craver with his speed could possibly uh, make a, a day one impact uh, as well. Akari, I mean, you you, you got to hope that he comes in and is able to nail down a starting spot uh, for Mississippi State. So when we look at this class as a whole, and I'm looking at the uh, the on three rankings right now. On three is that website that my new my, my podcast partner Robbie Falk now works for. All that time I was telling him, hey, go check out on three, and he's he's he was. Planning to go work for him the whole time. I don't. I don't know quite how that uh, how that worked. But anyway, now up to twenty seventh nationally, which is just hilarious because they're twenty seventh nationally, but they're fifteenth in the SEC. I just don't know what you could do in that situation. But when you consider where this class was uh, in terms of, of of rankings and commitments when Jeff Levy took over. It, I think it bodes well long-term for Mississippi State in terms of you, you see this is a guy that when he has a full year under his belt should be able to deliver classes that might even be a little bit higher than Mississippi State has, has been able to get in the past. If State has been a traditional like 25 to 30, 35 kind of guy, can State get, get, become a 20 to 25? You know, and that's where you got to start, right? It's not, it's not an overnight thing. Where you, you go from recruiting in the 25s and the 30s, and then all of a sudden you're a top five class. All right, when you do that, and then your coach tweets that you should email compliance, well, you see where that's going to take you. you, you it's a process. You've got to build up to it. So, could state ever be a top, consistent top 10 recruiting program? No, I don't, I don't think so. Not, probably not. But can state have some classes that push for the top 10? You know, if they get the right mix of in state talent and connections outside the state? Possibly. But it's just about getting a little bit better now. And State's been good enough on the recruiting trail for the past decade to be competitive in the SEC. They've taken a small step back over these past few years. And that you saw that a lot of that on the field. I mean, State does not have did this this team, coaching aside, didn't have the same level of talent at some positions, especially defensively, that you've come to expect from Mississippi State in the past. So it's going to be a process to build that back up. I think this is a first, a really good first class for Levy. Uh, but you know, when you when you say that, you say you're not a hero, but yes, you are. Three hours a day with those other two guys. Wow. I mean, I didn't want to say anything. I don't. I don't want. Yeah. But I mean, you're not wrong. I have the patience of a saint. What I'm trying to tell you there. Um. 
you know, you look at the 2025 class for in the state of Mississippi, there's some big-time talent in that, and you're hopeful that Mississippi State can get their, their fair share of it. Um, now that, you know, Coleman Hutzler, now with Alabama, out of the college football playoff, he is now full-time with Mississippi State. I, and I think that his absence from Mississippi State was kind of overstated. He was here. He was working here. He was here on the weekends. He was helping with the recruiting process. You know, it's not like they needed him to drop a game plan. So I, I think, you know, I, I think that was kind of overstated, but but now it's not an issue any longer. You're starting to see some Alabama guys going to the portal. I would expect State to be able to get in the game with at least a couple of them. Um, and these, these next few weeks in the transfer portal are going to be key for Mississippi State defensively because that's where they get, that's where they got to do the work. Now, offensively, I feel like they're in pretty good shape there. Uh, Levy is a guy who's done well with basically every quarterback he's coached. Uh, now he's, he's coached some good ones, but we'll see if Blake Shapin can be that one or if Chris Parson can be that one. We'll have to see. They need to find a running back. I don't think that Daniel Hill is going to be the answer to that question now. So the, can they, uh, can they keep Dante Dowdle from, from leaving the state a second time? Or are they going to have to go look elsewhere for another running back? Because I just don't feel like they have the, the kind of depth in that room and they don't have that, that surefire talent that misses. Again, you know, we're talking about Mississippi State. In years past, you think about the running back position and you go back, you know, a long, long way and there have been great running backs at Mississippi State. And this year, I, I just don't know for the 2024 season that you have a guy that you can just rely on from day one. To, to be that guy. But offensively, I feel like they're in pretty good shape just because I think Levy can take what he's given and, and create a top half of the SEC offense. But they've got a lot of work to do on the defensive side of the ball. They need a corner. Uh, they need a, a couple of guys on the edge to, to rush the passer. Uh, you know, I feel like they're going to be okay at linebacker. Um, but I, you know, I, I, they need, and the, especially on the inside part. But they need some guys on the outside who can generate pass rush. They didn't have that a season ago, and it was one of state's most glaring weaknesses. That, you know, their their leading sacker was Buki Watson, an inside linebacker. They didn't have anybody who could generate pass rush from the, from the perimeter, and it showed. Uh, so they, these next couple of weeks, as they bring in the guys from the transfer portal, are, are going to be key for Mississippi State. I, I can't unless Hill is playing a, a a a long con here. I don't know that he's going to be uh I don't know that he's going that they're going to find another high school guy to put in this class. I think I think high school is done unless something really unusual happens. And it happened last year with Jonathan Davis who hit the portal today, just to show you how that goes. But I think it's it's portal the rest of the way for Mississippi State and they could add another, you know, eight to ten guys. Uh from the portal in the coming days. So we'll see what happens uh, along those. We're going to talk a little bit more about next season when we come back. And, and a, a question I sort of posed to Richard Cross earlier. So Ole Miss fans, if you're listening, you're about to be really happy because I'm going to compare Mississippi State to Ole Miss and say maybe State should kind of do what Ole Miss has done. You've, you've invented something else. Congratulations. Back in just a minute here on Thunder and Lightning, Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it.
back here on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. We had a record year on the Thunder and Lightning podcast this year. I want to thank every, each and every one of you who tuned in to listen. If you only listened once or if you listened every time we put a show out, I appreciate it. Over 2 million listens uh, for that podcast this year. Really appreciate it. We were consistently in the top 10 in the sports news category. I uh, got as high as number one, I think, five or six times this year. So really good year. We're going to make this year coming up, 2024, even better. We'll have a lot of great stuff for you. Uh, next Friday, the Robbie's Awards. Don't, don't, don't miss out on that, our annual year-end uh, wrap-up as we will hand out the coveted four-fingered hand turkey to uh, all of our uh, winners. So Mississippi State, year one of the Jeff Lebby era, and it got me to thinking about, you know, what is this season going to look like? What do I think it's going to look like? And I got the idea of that that Mississippi State this season could look a lot like Ole Miss's first season under Lane Kiffin. Now, one difference in there is that Kiffin's first season was the COVID year, and so he had to play all uh, SEC teams. Four and five in the regular season, had the game canceled with Texas A&M, then goes to the bowl game, finishes five and five. In a regular year where they play eight conference games, that might have been a seven or eight win team. Probably would have been. Um, but it was flawed. It was a flawed team. Uh, they were they were good enough offensively to win those games, but if they had been even average defensively, they might have been an eight or nine win team in a ten game SEC season. They simply couldn't get stops. For state this year coming up, the the that's I I feel like that's what state's going to be. I feel like that with Lebby, you can believe in him offensively. Now, I know. I know what you're thinking right this second. I, I, I'm i with you, all right? And we said the same things about Joe Moorhead. So said the same things about Mike Leach. I get it. I get it, man. I understand. I'm just telling you what I'm what – we're just, we're just, we're just hypothetic, hypotheticaling it up here. So if State's above average offensively, can they be – can they win six shootouts becomes my question. Can they win their four non-conference games – and win two games out of eight in the conference. That would be enough for six and six, and I think that would be a fine first season uh, for for Jeff Levy. I think that's going to be the case. I feel like Levy, his resume is good enough. I feel like he's going to have enough talent on that side of the ball. He's putting together through the transfer portal a pretty good offensive line to put in front of whoever he has throwing the football. That's a good start for Mississippi State. Bringing in McKaylin Pounders and Marlon Martinez and Ethan Miner and possibly some more uh, some more guys coming in from the portal each and every day. So can State win six shootouts? I think they can. Yeah, I, th- I think they have that that opportunity. Defensively, I have no idea what to make of Mississippi State just yet. You know, I got to see the, the the final product. What if you, if they had to go play tomorrow? Defensively, they would be awful. They would just—they just don't have any experience there. They just don't have any uh, anybody you can truly rely on. I mean, who, who's the most experienced guy on that defense right now? Demonte Russell. Yeah. You know, they—they've got to go out in the portal and get some difference makers. Now they're—they're they're bringing guys in and they're hoping to do that. But I mean, this deep—what this deep, the defense of two deep? What it looks like today? If you had to, to pencil everybody in, 
versus what it's going to look like in August will be totally, totally different. Whereas offensively, I feel like I could probably give you a two deep today, and it would be pretty close to what it's going to look like when we get to the start of the season. So, you know, that's that's kind of where I am with Mississippi State this year, that they're going to have to, you know, we, 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 we say, we've been saying it for a long time that, you know, if you're going to lose, it's better to be exciting and lose than to uh, – than to lose, you know, you'd rather lose 50 to 40 than lose 13 to 10. We're going to put that to the test. So here's Ole Miss year one under Kiffin. And these are all conference games, too. It's pretty impressive. They gave, they scored 35, 42, 48, 21, 28, 54, 59, 31, 48. Now, I don't know that State's going to do that. I don't think State's going to do that. But if they do, they, yeah, they're going to go to a bowl game. They, they just will. The problem for Ole Miss is the other side of the equation. 51, 41, 63, 33, 35, 21, 42, 24, 53. Then they got you to four and five. They again, if they just been, if they, they they were just as good defensively that year as they were the next year, they would have won at least two more games. And the other question, and, and the big one, and the, the thing you have to point out is is Corral, right? The state have a quarterback like Matt Corral on the roster right now? I don't know the answer to that question. I thought Corral, going into the 2020 season, you know, he had, he had been benched in 2019. I knew he was going to be the starting quarterback. If you recall, there was a lot of debate that year around John Rice Plumley, but we were saying this show, this not this show, but Sports Talk Mississippi, Richard and Michael and I were all adamant, like, now Corral's starting. He'll be, he'll be the starter there because he can throw the football and, and Plumley can't. And you knew Corral had the big arm, and you knew he was a, good, a decent athlete. You didn't know that he was going to turn into the, the guy he became. And so my, my question to myself is, can Blake Shapin turn into Matt Corral? Or can Chris Parson turn into Matt Corral? From what I've seen of Shapin, I don't think he's got the, as big an arm, but it, it's certainly, it's certainly uh, doable. In terms of, you know, he's got some arm strength. He, he, does, he may not have, Matt, Matt Corral is a top, top percent of arm strength guy in, 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 in football. I don't know that Shapin is there, but his arm is, is plenty good enough to throw the deep ball that this offense is going to require. He's not, I don't know that he's as mobile either. Corral's a little bit faster, a little bit more elusive, but he has some mobility. Parson, on the other hand, probably has more mobility than Corral did, but I don't know if he's as polished a passer yet. So it's just going to rely on on that. It's just going to rely on you know finding the, the, if the quarterback can deliver from the six six two. I just looked at state's schedule. They have to pull an upset to get to six, but I see five for sure. Yeah, I mean you look at their non conference. They have the three group of they have an FCS and two group of fives. They have at Arizona State. Won't be easy. Won't be an easy game. And then in the conference, the two games that stand out for me are the home games with Arkansas and Florida. Neither one of those teams were any good this year. State already beat Arkansas this past year. Arkansas, to me, might be the second-worst team in the conference behind Vanderbilt, or ahead of Vanderbilt, I guess I should say. And then Florida's not much better than them. You get those games at home, those are opportunities for you to win. And then beyond that, I mean, what's the next most winnable game? I don't know, maybe Texas A&M. That's at home. You guys, Ole Miss fans will get mad, but... I mean, this was the best Ole Miss team of the last however many years, and this was the worst state team since 2008, and Ole Miss only won by 10. And it was 
10-7 going into the fourth quarter. So it's not like there's miles between these two teams. I'm not saying State's going to go to Oxford and win. I certainly wouldn't predict that as we sit here today. But I'm not going to act like it would be the most improbable thing in the world either. But State has the ha, will have an opportunity to get to six. You know, you you just hope that you're not going to Oxford at five and six. You hope you don't you aren't going that last game needing to beat Ole Miss to go to a, a bowl game. You like to have that already in the bag because it's that's going to be a very tough game for Mississippi State, especially if Ole Miss is in a position where they have to beat Mississippi State to keep to stay in the playoff. Which is you know, again as we sit here right now, that's what you have to kind of predict Ole Miss to be. Ole Miss is a preseason top ten, probably top five team. So as we sit here today on January the 3rd, we're going to say that they they should be in the mix at the very least to go to a playoff spot. I would put them in as we sit here today. So you hope that that's not the case. You hope you've already got that sixth win and you 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 know whatever happens in Oxford just happens. So can you know and and, and again I also want to say that when I say that can state do what Ole Miss did, Ole Miss in year 2 won 10 games. I'm not going to make that prediction either. But if you can get the offense rolling in the right direction and, and you can score points, you give yourself opportunities. You know, it's tough. It's tough to win any game when you're only going to score seven or ten or thirteen points. You know, in this day and age of college football, that's just very, very difficult. It's a lot easier to say we're going to put thirty-five on the board and hope for the best than we're just going to put ten on the board and hope for the best. So that's kind of where state is right now. And that'll be a little bit of a culture shock for Mississippi State fans who have just been, you know, sort of spoiled with good defenses over the past decade or so. I don't know that this team is going to be great defensively. You've got a first time coordinator, you got a lot of new faces. Um It's gonna it, it could be a struggle. But with Levy, at least you feel like you should be good offensively and you can win those those shootouts. And if they can do that in year one, I think that's about all that you can ask for uh, from Jeff Levy and staff. In that first season. So let's switch gears when we come back. Let's talk some basketball. SEC play starts uh, this Saturday for Mississippi State, and the return of Tolu Smith was this past weekend. I was there. What did I see? Let's talk about it. Back in just a minute here on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk, Mississippi. Brian Haydad here with you on a Wednesday evening. Rhino down there in Studio X. So far, so good. I haven't messed up, evidently. I don't know if I mentioned that. Did I, did I thank Robbie Falk for joining us last week for, for covering for me? I appreciate uh, my podcast partner. He and I will be recording uh, tonight's Thunder and Lightning uh, as soon as I get off the air with you guys uh, here. So that should be uh, available for you on any podcast feed a little bit after 8 or so. Uh, we had to obviously wait on the uh, the Stalker Burnside news before we could... Uh, 
before we could record, so we'll talk about that and some recruiting and some other stuff as well. But let's talk some hoops right now. Um, Tolu Smith back from Mississippi State, uh, back ahead of the original prognosis, which they said you know sometime mid-January. Now he was back uh, this past Sunday at the at the hump, and you know for a guy who has missed what twelve games to that point, you would never have known uh, watching him play Sunday. Uh, he he looked like he had been playing the whole time, or that like this was game one for him. That he he looked smooth. He played 19 minutes. He had 16 points and seven rebounds. He didn't miss a shot from the field. He was six or seven off the line. He couldn't have looked better. Um, and that is a big, big, big positive for, for Mississippi State basketball, who start conference play this weekend against a surprisingly uh, good South Carolina team. That's a team that you know was really bad a season ago. There's no getting around it. And uh, they seem to have figured something out in year two of uh, Lamont Paris's tenure there in Columbia. Uh, so that'll be a tough game. That's a national t- uh, television audience, CBS, 11 a.m. tip uh, here in the state of Mississippi, noon, obviously, Eastern, uh, in Columbia. And for state, I mean, if they can get their rotations right, you know, and, and, and figure out how they're going to play with, with Tolu and with Jimmy Bell, I mean, this is a team, I've been saying it all along, that you know, when they play at their best, they can play with anybody in the country. When they play at their worst, they lose to Southern. So they've got to find more consistency. And since that loss, you know, they they, they did have the the the, the win against um, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was now, but it was a close win that they they blew a uh, a twenty pl- or an eighteen point lead in the in the second half and ended up having to to hold on and hit a last second. Murray State uh, last second shot there to to get the win. But other than that, they you know, they dominated Tulane, dominated North Texas, led by most of the game, mo- led most of the game by double digits against Rutgers, and then an easy win Sunday against Bethune Cookman. So that's a five game winning streak for the Bulldogs uh, coming into conference play. The start of conference play is, is quite difficult for Mississippi State. There's just no getting around that. Um, you travel to South Carolina, a game that you know preseason you thought okay, so they could maybe get one and zero and get get their feet wet, but now it's a, it's a much more difficult task. Then you have Tennessee, top 12, and I think they're 12th in the country, coming in uh, Wednesday. That's a Wednesday tip, 6 o'clock. So what? What, guys? You gotta, you're going to go up against me? This is this is now you're going to repay me, Chris Jans, for all I've done? You're going to go right up against me. Somebody call the SEC Network and tell them, go on after Thunder and Lightning. How hard would that be? Um, so 6 p.m. tip next Wednesday, and then on Saturday, 7.30 tip, night game against Alabama. That should be a really good atmosphere in the Humphrey Coliseum. That's a tough game. And then your next game is uh, on Wednesday the 17th. Again, a Wednesday tip, guys. Can we not Can we not get some Tuesdays or some Wednesdays at 7.30 or something? I don't know. But that's at Lexington to play Kentucky. And then you have a home game against Vanderbilt, who is the worst team in the conference this year. Obviously, you have to win that game. And then you got to travel to Florida on January 24th, then Auburn on the 27th in Starkville, and then you finish out the month going to Oxford to take on an undefeated Ole Miss team. So this first month of the season is quite interesting for Mississippi State. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how many uh, how many games they're going to uh, to win in that. When you look at it, I mean, I think they you know if they're four and four at the end of that, they should be pretty pretty happy. If they're five and three. I mean you. You probably are looking at a team that's a top twenty-five net team at that point. You know, I, they can certainly beat Vanderbilt, and I think they can beat that. They should be able to beat South Carolina to get those two. 
Um, Alabama would be interesting. This is not the same Alabama team that won the SEC and ran roughshod over everybody a year ago. So, And you were close in both of those games a year ago, and now Alabama's taking a step back, so maybe you can get that win. And then, you know, the, the, the Ole Miss game, you never know. You know, if Ben Howland was here, I would tell you State was going to lose because it was the first game of the of the of the twofer. Uh, but with with Chris Shans, he won both games against Ole Miss last year. So, should, I mean, if if Ole Miss and State can handle some business between now and then, that game on on January thirtieth is huge in Oxford. So that'll be a lot of fun. George from West Point asks if Tolu totally been playing the whole season, would Mississippi State be undefeated by now? Very possible. I mean, they didn't play great against Georgia Tech. So I don't know if that game would have been the same, but I certainly think Tolu Smith would have made an, enough of a difference against Southern to have the win there. But the problem with that is, for me, and this is a question I'd love to, to be able to get into the mind of the committee on, is you have to look at that game and say, well, Mississippi State shouldn't be losing to Southern regardless of having Tolu Smith or not. They shouldn't lose that game regardless. It, having Tolu is not an excuse to lose a quad four game at home. So I don't I don't know I think I certainly think they would have won that game, but I I don't I don't know if the committee will look at that and say well if they had had Tolu they may just say well, Tolu or not they should win that game so that game will be a black mark for Mississippi State all season long just there's no getting around it if State turns everything the right direction and they finish up in the NCAA tournament whatever seed they are they would have been a better seed. If they didn't have that loss on their on their resume, I almost feel confident that if they're a, they end up as a seven seed, they would have been a six. And for some people, they're like, "Well, what difference does it make?" Well, it makes a difference if you're the eight seed and you're playing the one in the second round. You don't want to do that. I like this team, though. I still like them. I, I know you know they 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 they've, they've had some ups and downs this uh this these this first couple of months of the season, but. Uh, I feel pretty confident. In, I still feel confident in them. When they play at their best, they, they play at a really, really high level. They're still good defensively, but they're much better offensively than they were a year ago. Um, Shaq Moore has been more consistent. Josh Hubbard has added a, a big spark to this team. Hubbard's an interesting guy, and we talked about that earlier on Sports Talk, that you know, when is he going to hit that freshman wall? You know it's going to happen at some point. The good news is with him coming off the bench, you can manage his minutes a little bit more effectively. And then you got to, like I said, you got to figure out that rotation with Jimmy Bell, who's been incredible, by the way, averaging a double double. He's averaging nine and a half, nine and a half, I believe, is what it was going into Saturday or going into Sunday. So, I mean, that, that's a guy that you know. I thought, okay, well, if they can get like six and five out of him, they'll probably be doing okay. Instead, you know, he was SEC Player of the Week two weeks ago after that uh, monster game against Rutgers. He had, I think, eighteen and seventeen in that game. Uh, it didn't have a great game Sunday against uh, Bethune Cookman. Had six turnovers in that game, five in the first half. That was the game was a little closer than it should have been in the first half because State kept turning the ball over. They had nine turnovers in the first half, and Jans talked about that after the game. He said that's their biggest weakness right now is they just turn the ball over way too much on the offensive side of the ball. And if they can figure that out, they're going to be a lot better basketball team. That's a scary proposition because this is a pretty good basketball team as it is. If they can if they can you know. Get their ball control under under control. That's straight from the Department of Redundancy department there. Yeah, but if they can figure out that issue, they're going to be a really tough tough team to beat in in the coming weeks. So, really, uh, really fun team. What we got here? You have let Richard and Borky get in your head. Give Levy a chance. Who is Levy? You're ready to throw him to the garbage after two weeks. Man hadn't even put three tanks of gas in his car yet. Judges team in June, not now. What are you talking about? 
What 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 are you talking about? I just said that I I expect Mississippi State to have a chance to to be a bowl team in his first year. That I expect them to be a, a top half of the conference offensive team. What what do you mean I'm throwing him in the garbage? I assume you're talking about Levy there. What? Also, this guy earlier, 100% to Mississippi State. Trust me, my son is in the building about Daniel Hill. Okay. Well, we'll see how that pans out. What are you talking about? Give him a chance. I'm, I'm sitting here telling you I think the guy's offense is going to be good in year one. That he, he he's a guy who can turn things around quickly. I, I just said it. Yeah, it's an Ole Miss fan playing games. I don't know. He talks a lot about state. I mean, he, he seems to be a state fan. I don't know. Some people are just, yeah, well, it is what it is. I just don't get it. Like, this is why this is why I try not to be positive because it just doesn't suit me. <laughs> I try to be positive. People are like, "What do you? You're not you're not being positive." I am being positive. What do you want? I'm just trying to help y'all. I don't know. All right. What about baseball? Who's going to be our opening day starter? That's a good question. I would think it's Gerangelo. Could be Bradley Lofton if he's gotten things under control, though. I, th- I think I think it'll be Gerangelo, though. But we'll see. What are we? Uh, we are 43 days from opening day at Diddy Noble Field. So if I did the math right, I'm pretty sure I did. All right, when we come back, we have not talked about the biggest sports story of them all this week. What is that? I'll tell you just as soon as we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Let's wrap it up here on a Wednesday night on Thunder and Lightning. As always, I thank you guys for for tuning in. I will be. I will understand next week if you if you listen to the basketball game. I, I understand. But the good news is, you can always go back the next day and listen to the show on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. It's right there for you. So while you're instead of uh, you know when you're tuning in to uh, to Neil Price and Richard Williams next week, if you if you decide to go that route, it's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Right, I'm just can we go to that commercial or something? No, I'm fine. Uh it's been a couple of days since the biggest sports story I've I can remember, certainly this year, has happened. And we haven't talked about it at all on this show or on Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's go now to this audio that'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Should the rock sit at the head of the table? Yes! 
Finally, The Rock is going to go after Roman Reigns. Finally, it's only been four years. See, it's, it's that time of year, guys. The Royal Rumble is only 24 days away. WrestleMania, three, three and a half months away. It's time to start getting fired up for pro wrestling again. Couldn't believe that happened. That's exciting. Where did Arnett land? That's, uh, he's still here in Starkville, as far as I know. He's not. He hasn't gone anywhere. And LSU, you know, LSU announced today they they fired every defensive coach they had, which I, I can't blame them uh, for that. I can't blame them for for doing that as bad as they were defensively this year. But it looks like uh, I saw my our friend Brandon Marcello uh, tweeting that Missouri defensive coordinator Blake Baker is the leading candidate for that job. So. Arnett may may sit out this coaching cycle. Why not? He's got he's got three million dollars coming his way. Regardless, maybe take a year off, enjoy yourself. Three million dollar payday. You know, Mississippi State would love for him to get a job to mitigate some of that money. But if if they don't, they don't. They, you know, it's only three mil. That's that's the way college football works these days. By the way, guys, it's only three mil. Can you imagine, imagine. You know, it's only three mil. So. I was surprised. I thought I thought he would find a, uh, and of course you know it's it's not over yet. There's, there's, he could still find there's there's still going to be some coaching some 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 coaching uh, carousel to come. As you all know, after signing day and after the portal stuff, that's when guys get fired. It's its own version of the portal, more or less. Uh, so we'll start we'll start seeing some movement there. I mean, LSU's going to hire this Blake Baker guy, right? Well, now Missouri needs a coordinator. Does Arnett want to look at that job? I don't. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So, but my guess is, he, but it's like I said, he might take a year off. He's getting paid. He's he got three million dollars last year. He's going to get another three million next year. You know, maybe he just wants to take some time, be with his family, and then you know, get back into the game after a year. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. So, other other real quick note here. Uh, I just saw this. Uh, we were talking about the Under Armour All All American game where uh, where Stonka Burnside uh, committed uh, to uh, to Mississippi State and signed and announced his signee. He was a signee. Uh, also, Mississippi State signee quarterback Mike Van Buren was the Under Armour All American game MVP. Saw he had thrown a couple of touchdowns uh, earlier in that game, including one to Mississippi State commitment uh, or signee Mario Craver. Good day for Mississippi State there at that at that game. And that's kind of funny when you think about it in years past. The Under Armour game was kind of a place where, you know, Ole Miss, they, they had a lot of their commitments there. It's where C.J. Johnson flipped, or I guess committed to Ole Miss at that point, and Nick Brazel did, and Channing Ward did as well, a few others here and there. But today it was, it was Mississippi State's day at the Under Armour All-American game. So Mike Van Buren, you know, it's an all-star game of, of high school kids. You can't judge too much, too much of it, but he looked good. You know, I saw some clips, some highlights, and, of course, again, they're highlights. I know, but looked good in the pocket, moved around well, good strong arm. We'll see. Yeah, not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe next year for Mississippi State. So we shall see. The three star Van Buren. He's a four star somewhere. If you get if he if one place has him a four star, then he's a four star. That's how I'm going to look at it. So do I have I st- I might still have that up. Do I have it up? I don't. I had the. Uh, I don't know. I had the uh, the on three rankings up there. I'm sure he was ranked four. He's got to be in one one class. So anyway, all right, guys. Uh, yeah, back tomorrow. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, Thunder and Lightning podcast. A lot of good stuff there. We'll talk a lot more about this in detail on the podcast. And uh, tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning. We'll start talking about the college football playoff national championship game coming up. Plus some more basketball talk and, you know, who knows what else we're going to talk about on that show. Those guys get going. I try to keep them on the rails. I'm the serious one on that show, as you know. Absolutely. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening with us tonight here on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.